Welcome to episode one of Conversations with Colour. I wanted to start off with a conversation I had with just a wonderfully sweet human being. June Angelides, MBE, is best known for starting the UK's first child-friendly coding school for mums, Mums in Tech. She is also one of a handful of black women in venture capital. So we get to discuss her journey through the tech industry and into venture capital, as well as family and a few fun bits in between. June has made such an impact for women and women of colour and I couldn't be prouder to be part of her journey. Hi, Jean. Thank you so much for, for doing this with me today. Um, I'm really excited to be doing this. I was actually, I'm going to share this. I was actually quite surprised that you replied so quickly and you were like, firstly, love the wedding. And then you were like, of course I will. And I was like, oh my gosh. I, was, I actually ran into the living room to Adam and was like, oh my God, June's just agreed. It's so exciting. Um, so yes, very pleased. Um, I just wanted to kick off with your journey. Like I know that you've had an incredible step in the tech world, like absolutely amazing. I remember the first time I met you, you, I think I was talking about something so wild about gem mining. I don't even know how I got onto it. And then I was like, oh, what do you do? And you're just, it was incredible. And I love how like bubbly and easily like approachable you are. Um, so thank you. Um, but you started um, Mums in Tech and ran the coding stuff from 2015 to 2018 um and I think that is such a big culmination of who you are between the advocacy parenthood and like being tech and all that jazz um what kind of spurred that decision and how did it impact your journey going forwards especially when you split like the career part and the advocacy part and how does that merge Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on, Alicia. It is a pleasure. And of course, I was going to say yes, you're amazing. I still remember when we first met at dinner and I just loved hearing your journey. And of course, you work with robots as well. So of course, <laughs> this is like my secret like career plan. Yeah, I would love, I'd love to like be in like some kind of robot suit. Okay. <laughs> we'll add that one on. Um, but yeah, Mums in Tech, um, you know, when I think of what led me to it, it really... It, I guess it was a period where I finally had time to reflect. This is on my second maternity leave. And I realized, as my mentor um, at the time then said, um, the cavalry is not coming to save us. So it really became apparent to me that if I wanted to have a change in my career trajectory, I was going to have to take a lot more ownership um, and, and sort of not wait for someone to promote me or for these opportunities to land on my lap. Um, and I really thought about how I was spending time with the founders that I was working with at the time. You know, they were very, very tech savvy. I didn't know enough about technology. And I thought, well, this is a time that I can use to learn. And having had uh, a, a tricky transition to work after my first maternity leave, I knew that it, my confidence had taken a hit. I didn't want that to happen again. And I and I thought learning's a great chance to keep the brain active, meet new people, and just challenge myself in general. So it really started with this desire to want to build something, at least try and build something, hire a developer, and very quickly realized developers are super expensive. So, okay. <laughs> so I decided, well, let me see what it's like to learn to code. It was going on the national curriculum. And um I tried to find a coding school that I could go to. Of course, there are none that you can actually take babies to. And that's really what drove me to think about, well, there must be other people like me, you know, with little ones who are not able to access your traditional learning institutions. And I thought, well, why can't we learn to code together? Why isn't there a, a space that we can gather? And, and that was where I started thinking creatively I haven't got you know much resources however I'm sure there's an ecosystem of people that want to help so my initial pool of um, requesters was um, the companies I was working with at Silicon Valley Bank the startups that Love we had that. banked and I reached out to them and I said look I know you can code <laughs> <laughs> I know you can build stuff how do you feel about teaching a group of women who I haven't yet found but I will find <laughs> and um, you know helping me co-create this curriculum that I think has a place in this world where we can give women a window into the world of tech all different facets of it not just codings because I believe um, there's 
every single role obviously is super important within a tech company. They're all codependent. And I think um, it's important that we have the opportunity to see the process end to end. And I think that really shapes, um, you know, it's important when you think about creativity and, and you know, building something, you want to know what it takes for the guy who's doing UX and the person who's doing product and how does it all add up? How do you talk to each other? Oh, well, we all speak different languages, <laughs> but how do we make sure that we're, we land on the same page yeah. and um, able to, to, yeah, to go on that and that journey together. And that's how it started. And I gave myself four months to create just for uh, okay just for <laughs> just for my daughter was two months old at the time I had the idea so I gave myself four months to test it out and figure out if I could pull this off if mm-hmm. there was any interest surprisingly when I put out a request to say is anyone interested in learning I had 100 people come back to me in two weeks that's amazing and that's when I knew there was something here and I owed it to myself but also to these women to try mm-hmm. because I didn't know if I'd get it right but I knew I had to try I -hmm. had to try and figure it out because if I wasn't going to do it who was Mm -hmm. and I could either sit here and say well it doesn't exist or I can give it a go and I was very transparent with everyone throughout the whole process about um, the fact that we were just going to be learning together and and I think it really was that sense of community that got me through every step of the way where it felt hard Mm. I had to learn everything from you know marketing to program (laughs) development (laughs) uh, to suddenly managing a a coding school which I I I hadn't set out to do but um, you know you figure it out as you go along yeah well that's amazing I guess uh, a big question is two month old and obviously you had your son Adam as well and so you've got two children you gave yourself four months like how does that balance I'm assuming you have an epic partner that's like don't worry June I've got, I've got <laughs> like like 80 percent of this whilst you go to your other bits do you know what I think the beauty beauty of little babies is they sleep a lot so okay. Ivy was sleeping a lot of the time so it actually gave me a, a lot of time to think Okay. And, um, you know, when you're waking up at night to nurse, I mean, you're, you're awake. So I figured <laughs> I might as well use that time. I couldn't exactly sleep while she was nursing. So <laughs> I think that was my unique opportunity to um, sort of flesh out the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just took her everywhere with me when it came to, you know, figuring out who was going to work with us, what all the meetings I went to, just put her in the buggy and we, we went. And I love that. You know, it's easy when they're tiny. Um, okay. She wasn't running around, you know, just had her in a sling or I had her, um, you know, in her, in her little carry cot and she was fine. You know, I, I talk about it now and, and, and the early days she does remember, you know, when she was, cause oh, I ran wow. this up until she was about three. Yeah. Coming up to three. Um, and she has memories of being in the in the rooms <laughs> with the other kids. It was like um, on the go play date. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like when you were like, I guess, pitching it out and stuff like and you brought her with you, did people mind like obviously previously that would never have been acceptable. So were you just like, hey, I don't care and I'm just going to do this or <laughs> and you can deal with it in your own time or were like people really like being like, yeah, don't worry about it. Bring her along. To be fair, the whole taking um, my kids, in fact, the first meeting with M&S was with both kids because I remember Adam was off nursery and I had um, Ivy with me. And I remember thinking, actually, this is a good way to test how they're going to feel when 15 babies turn up. So it was the perfect litmus test. So I think I definitely was of the attitude that if it's for us, they will be great. And actually, if they weren't going to be great, I would never subject 15 moms and 15 <laughs> babies to that energy because I really believe I wanted them to be in a space where they were going to feel comfortable, where they'd feel safe to be able to feed the baby when they need to, where they felt that they could ask any questions and and them being welcomed was a priority. So we were lucky that everywhere we went for a meeting, they were incredible with us. They made us feel welcome. We had teachers who were carrying the babies during the sessions. Uh, so for me, Mums um, in Tech really did bring the best people to us. We attracted incredible humans. And I do feel, I look back and I feel so privileged that we had mm. that experience. That's so no bad tales to tell, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good sign. They were I, did, <laughs> I think I said this like a few weeks ago. So, um, you know, I'm at a stage where people will ask me like, oh, you know, 
you you've just got married and like that's really exciting um when you're having children and um it's a topic that is up for discussion at the moment um you know there's a lot of things going on in the world and children on top don't know how I'll be um but I said June just makes motherhood look so easy um, I was like I was like that's that's the person I've got to get tips from <laughs> so um yeah that's always I think that the fact that you were just so willing to jump in and like not even give it a second thought I think is incredible um, I had to because again I really thought about you know that thing of legacy what do I want to be remembered for do I want to sort of still just hang out on the sidelines look when I know I have a lot to offer mm. and honestly the minute I decided that I was going to embrace all of me bring my whole self to the arena as it were really um, embrace all the gifts that I felt I had to give to the world it was the most empowering thing so really turning up with my baby to a PwC meeting or a conference I think I went to Tech London Advocates in um, wow. in yeah in in um in, in East London one of the biggest mm. conferences at the time and Ivy was two months old and I was happy to like feed her in the in the conference and I just felt so empowered it's really hard to describe that feeling of when you actually step into your power Mm, I feel like I'm starting to get that I think it's one of those things where um, I estranged from my family like a few years ago now and I came back into contact with my mum last year and it was a very weird roller coaster but I talk about those five years and as a really awakening for me and coming into my own and having like healthy boundaries and going actually yeah this does not deserve my energy and I'm gonna just stick with it and like have a lot less shame so things that I say I'm like I'm really sorry if it offends you because don't want to hurt anyone but this is this is where I stand yeah when when you embrace all of you it is incredibly liberating and I think that's that's when like you're showing your true gifts to the world it's a beautiful thing I love when I see people sort of come out of their shell and finally realize like what I feel like a lot of a lot of the your village would have seen all along and they're like come out and blossom you you're free to do it and I think we need more of that we need we need someone to kind of nudge us and say hello (laughs) you you do know you're capable of doing that and and I did have some people around me who encouraged me my mom my sister my husband I don't think any of what I did would have been possible had they not been around to sort of continuously um, elevate me and and make it possible so of course you know Stephen was helping a lot with Adam if I had to be out and about and you know really you know financially obviously supporting us so that I could you know step away from a corporate career where I was getting paid a lot more and <laughs> and doing mums in tech where I wasn't getting paid much so the you know the balance shifted a little bit financially where a lot more what you know was falling on him mm. and and I often have to remember that I should thank him because, <laughs> because and then that's why I really talk about that village yeah that village is so important in at different points in our lives, we'll rely on one more than the other. But I think having people around you um, to say, actually, you have permission to go out there, try and fail. And actually, it's okay if you if, if you don't succeed, but at least you've tried. Yeah. And I think we all owe it to ourselves to at least try. This episode is supported by Unheard. The company that means music marketing has never been easier. Over 65,000 artists from 129 countries have used Unheard to run powerful marketing campaigns. Unheard provides a data-led marketing platform that helps artists reach their most valuable fans in just a few clicks. Check them out today. I just want to get on a question about your advocacy. So I know that a lot of people sometimes have such a large misconception about how advocacy um, plays a great role in what we do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you should get paid for it people think I think that you know they see it as protesting and that takes up your time and you don't get paid for that but I think that you've struck a really good balance between entrepreneurship and advocacy and like how does that really fit in and like obviously money is really important day to day and like living and I don't I'm of the opinion like it we should get paid especially when advocacy requires a lot of learning and how we then share that with people like that knowledge gets to be passed down and you know we go to school we pay teachers and things like that but I think that we're in a world where you've got social media there's like a lot of democratization of information but I think that 
you've somehow perfected this balance so how did you do it <laughs> you know when I when I look back on sort of the last Ivy's eight now so oh, wow. it's, it's been an eight-year journey of you know finding June finding my voice using my voice and um, sort of being on these platforms where I can share knowledge as you say but I think Maybe it wasn't really intentional, but I think the biggest advocacy for me has just been showing up as myself mm. and making it possible for others to look at me and say, well, she, well, she did it um, and and being visible. I think that visibility has been really key. So when I've had to speak at conferences when they were little and I had to take them with me, I think having a picture actually says a million words. I was there. I turned up. I had her with me. I could have said, oh, well, that's a barrier. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to give ourselves permission to do things differently. And that's really how I feel I've managed my career um, throughout the whole mums and tech process. I wasn't I wasn't like your traditional public speaker. I was incredibly shy, but I forced myself to go out there and speak at events because I knew that the story mattered. Mm. I knew that it it if one person heard it in the room and it gave her the courage to speak to her team about wanting to be, you know, experimental, wanting to start a community or, you know, going to your team and asking for money to do something that you felt was important. Mm. I mean, that's something that I've done. And if we don't share our stories, people will never know mm. what, what has been done, what is possible. And actually that there is no one way. I've tried a very, you know, myriad of things over the years and um, that's what's enabled me today to confidently stand in front of people and say, actually, there is, you know, put your spin on it. And that's what the world needs. So when I when I think of um, the, as you rightly say, getting paid for the work we do, mm. I, I always strike this balance. And, and especially we'll talk about public speaking specifically. And this is something mm. I always um, speak to my friends about, especially those who I really think, you know, should go out and share their, their stories and. Like I won't, I won't ever charge a school for public speaking. I won't, um, I won't charge um, if, if you know, if I'm going into a doing something for a community community event and it's free. Mm -hmm. But you know, if it's um, a massive bank <laughs> that has, has a ton of capital and wants me to come in, of course, that's a different scenario. Yeah. So I think it's it's every situation is different. I definitely don't believe that um, we should. Um, not put a value on our years of experience and, and of, of what we bring to the table. I think this is where I say, draw the line, remember that your gifts um, and, and don't, don't allow yourself to be exploited. Mm. Um, so it's really striking that balance of how you, your, your time is your biggest asset and, and that helps you to manage. And this is something I, I struggle with because I have people asking me all the time to come and speak at various things and we all have the same 24 <laughs> hours I would love to be in a world where I could be everywhere at the same time come on clones where are you <laughs> it, you know that that would be incredible but you you have to then figure out well what's gonna make sense and, and actually if I, I'm charging someone guess what that is capital I can use to invest in a female founder yeah. so I actually really see it as um very intentional capital so if that mm. capital's coming in it's it's going straight to another woman who I believe, you know, is going to bring something great into the world. So I am very intentional with my time. I'm very intentional about the spaces that I'm in. I, I want everything to be meaningful. If I'm taking time away from my kids, then it has to be meaningful. Um, but I really encourage people to to take up space and and to use their voice and their platforms wherever they can. And, you know, I've, I've been lucky to build platforms on like LinkedIn and Twitter. And I will always like share, spread the word. I'm like, look, what, have, what do you need me to share? <laughs> if there is something, you know, female founder especially is doing, I want to make sure that everyone's aware. Yeah, I think that's um that was the one of the like special, um, I call it magic sparks. Yeah. I'm not really sure why, <laughs> but I think that was one of the things that, um, you were like, oh, you know, we went to um, the Future Plates dinner and um, you were like, oh, look, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. You gave me your number. And then I was like, be bold, Leisha, like just <laughs> message her. And I know that you, bless you, I think you were cooking at the time <laughs> and you spent maybe what, like an hour with me going, well, this is what you're going to need. And I was like, um, I think I, I'd said something to my friend and I was like, oh, I don't know why. 
I felt like she picked me. I don't feel like it was one of those things where I think I just said to you like, oh, this this is my thought process. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I felt like you picked me. And like, I love that you share so much. Like your LinkedIn page is such a wealth of knowledge from so many different things. And like who you've invested in, I do think is super intentional and like love Ruka hair and like what they do. And like when you post on your Instagram and like how you've built this like family sort of, community as well as it being a thriving business again I think that that is something like a safety that you bring like that's like a good community that you're building and I just yeah I just love it basically um and I know that we talked about like representation and like I hope that you get to like look back at like previous pictures and conferences and be like yeah um do your are your kids always like yeah mom mom's cool like I saw you I mean you posted on Instagram I promise they don't stalk you that much like it sounds really <laughs> awful um but you were at Slash I think last year and like you were like oh like I'm coming home and then you got to spend time with your kids and like I just loved that that was the dichotomy almost of like you were like okay I've done I've done my work stuff and now this is home um but are your are your kids always pleased and been like yeah you did like this amazing speaker slot <laughs> or is it a little bit like humbling when they're like okay cool you just did that again like, <laughs> do you know what? It, it's um it's really interesting because I I am very intentional about talking about what I do with the kids I've had times where you know speaking to a company or a product I get a lot of products sent to me so I will often bring it home and I'll get their opinion so they really are part of that journey they're like my mini dragon's den at home <laughs> um, and, and they've come into the office I've taken them to see startups obviously Ivy's been on the journey mm-hmm. and and has thankfully has memories of it you know she'll often pitch me things as well <laughs> she wants to open up a gallery and um, she knows she's going to need some investment <laughs> But um, yeah, it is it is um, really important to me that they understand what I do. And, and I think what melts my heart when um, they've had oh, this one, this one really gets me because Adam, they asked Adam to, to name um, a woman who's like done some really good work in the world. And he put me. <laughs> so, yeah. And he's like, you know, always excited to share with his friends what I've built. You know, they all know about Mums in Tech and why it existed and and it just makes me so happy that they're proud of that mm. um, and they understand also the sacrifice you know mm. it wasn't all smooth sailing but they get that you have to when you're really passionate about something be willing to sacrifice something to be able to achieve it they know that you have to work hard they know that you know I'm not just being given, you know, a plate of gold and like <laughs> that's how we operate. It's like, you know, we're going out to work. There's a reason if I'm going to an evening event or a conference or if mm-hmm. I have to travel, I explain why I'm going. And then when I come back, we talk about it. We talk about the amazing people I've met and what they're going to change in the world. And I love that for the kids to think about what they want to bring into the world mm-hmm. and really encourage them to dream big. And obviously they're in the world of performing and you know they've they've been earning money since they were like three all of them (laughs) iris has been working since she was uh, six months old but i i love that they they are thinking about what they can even do with that money that they've been saving over the years because of the hard work they've they've put into their commercials and and all the jobs over the years that they've done um they they check their balances they have money aware they know that they're saving they said they're gonna buy a house they're all gonna live together <laughs> so I mean, maybe maybe not too close <laughs> come and eat all my food but but i love that they have that sense of what is possible when you work hard and i think that was super important to me yeah oh that's amazing i remember when i met adam and um because i went in for the stem day and he was like really sweet he was like I know why you're here and I was like oh like that's great like thinking it was all about the robots he was like no 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 you're friends with my mom and I was like I was like yeah I am I was like I love your mom and um he was just like yeah she's really cool and then I was like oh I'm really glad that I get to be in the cool circuit but it was like it was so strange for me doing it and the questions that I got asked of like um do engineers wear pink I did not have the heart wow. to tell them that I was not an engineer and I would instead work in communications yeah however they were like um do is it okay to wear pink I'm like yeah yeah I came in p like I think I wore a pink cardigan and Nike trainers and they were like 
your trainers are cool and I was like yes Yes. this was really purposeful because I wanted to be cool (laughs) and then Adam was saying like oh okay I think maybe I'd like to build robots because so you know part of robots is sometimes you know you've got the Mars rover and stuff like that and when I was younger I applied to be at the British Space Association and so we were talking about space and all of that and he was just like well maybe maybe I can put some money into like building a rocket and I was like wow I love this oh, this um, is it. and just like how it spurred all of these different conversations um but yeah I think that's amazing and I think like the fact that you spend so much time openly communicating and I think sometimes it's really hard to have that balance of like work and like play with kids but I think that it's it's a good conversation to have like Adam and I will talk often like we weren't necessarily taught about money or like what like a bank account meant and how to save properly. Um, I also did not earn money until I started my first job, which was at Domino's Pizza. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think it's great that they're earning. And yeah. I know that we probably just chatted about this, but I love that it's something that they get to keep and they save and they get to decide. Although I'll say this, um, I love my brother. I'm not sure at our old age that I could live with him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they may change their minds. They, they might do, <laughs> but but I do love that you know they're thinking about and um, the potential and 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 actually mm. the fact that yeah it's in a savings account that only they can touch when they're 18 and and it's accumulating. The more they do, the more the more it builds up and just. That delayed gratification, I think it's really important because <laughs> it is very easy to say, I'm earning money now, I'm just going to spend it all. But um, we want to teach them that actually it's worth waiting for certain things. Mm. Um, and over time, uh, you reap the benefits. Yeah, that's amazing. And do you think um, like they'll go to university or just skip that part entirely and be like, nope, I'm going to be an entrepreneur <laughs> or, you know, open a gallery? I, I think I think they do value going to university. And I think for me, um, that network is it's going to be invaluable I think you learn it's not necessarily about what you study and actually I'm not going to be one of those parents that insists <laughs> that they study a specific specific topic mm-hmm. um I, I think the experience is good I went I um I feel like it, it really shaped who I am today mm-hmm. and and I would I would want that for them um but obviously if they do they had this groundbreaking idea and they wanted to roll with it I would <laughs> equally support them so I think um, I'm not too fixed because I can see that really it's about life experiences mm-hmm. and you can get that from many places yeah agreed um okay so I want to talk about a little bit more about your advocacy in particular um so I know representation is really important but there are other elements that come into advocacy and I think that how have you either entered spaces or sort of cultivated spaces that are healthy forms of advocacy so like obviously sometimes you can enter spaces and it can be quite a negative space where it's like it's good to have a venting session but then Mm. where does it become a bit more helpful and supportive like how did you sort of cultivate that yeah again you know when I think of advocacy um it's how do you make sure that especially for me if I'm entering a space I make sure that I've left the door open for others to to follow behind me um, and I really think about um, capital allocation mm-hmm. a lot. This is why I joined the world of venture capital, mm-hmm. because I looked around the table and I did not see any capital allocators that looked like me mm. at the table making decisions. So it was really important that when I got in, I figured out how to get more people in with me. And this is why I talk a lot about my my journey into venture capital. It was, it, it, you know, and I think, it's, it's really about not being afraid to ask for help because mm-hmm. when I was looking to transition out of mums and tech mm-hmm. into VC, I didn't particularly know where to start. But what I did do was start asking those around me where to, where to, where to, where to start, who to speak to. Eventually got introduced to Czech Warner, who I always talk about because she's, she's a superstar. I feel like she's the reason I'm on this journey. And um, she introduced me to the team at Samos. And since I joined Samos, I have been very um, intentional about using my time um, to help people who want to get into VC, people who don't understand the path in 
and I am happy to be that person who knocks down all the walls. <laughs> and and I spent a lot of my time sort of making introductions to other firms, and then eventually um, set up a VC mentoring group. So, um, <gasps> so I set exciting. that up in the pandemic. I opened up a couple um, hours in my diary, like on a Friday, which was my day off at the time. And I would just have people book in whenever to speak to me about how to get into VC. And that grew. And over time, I decided, well, why don't we all just like join this group together? So I set up a WhatsApp group, which has been very informally um, and organically growing. So now we're at nearly 170 people in the last two years, all people looking to break into VC or have just gotten in Mm -hmm. a lot of them through the community, which has been really powerful. So making sure that it's not just relying on me, I think this is where that... um, I guess, you know, have having lots of antenna across across the UK and, and that knock on effect of just having incredible people who want to help other incredible people um, and making time. So mm-hmm. so I see that as a form of advo- advocacy. How do we make sure we have more diverse capital allocators? And that sort of leads into how do we ensure that there are more founders like the Rookers, the Jews of the world that get capital from people who care a lot about these problems being solved Mm -hmm. you know we're all gonna get old incontinence (laughs) is inevitable (laughs) but how do we make sure that it's not forgotten when it comes to um receiving capital how do we make Mm -hmm. sure that um it's prioritized because it's um you know i think yes it's not it's not facebook but we're all going to be impacted by these issues and if we don't support the founders companies like jude and Rooker, then these problems continue to exist and i think um yeah having having more people at the table who are more likely to back these companies is going to be really important as we as we progress yeah oh that's amazing um would love to join that whatsapp group yes absolutely (laughs) um that's amazing so when so in the specific of your nice vc community is that where people are aiming to be investors or get invested in, or is it a mix of both? Is it? Um, it's mainly it- investors who people who want to be um, investors, and and it's we've got a great group. We've got former teachers, we've got former doctors looking to, and again, like for these health tech companies, you know, we we have a, a sort of a population that's that's aging, mm. people living longer. So I think healthcare is something that we have to invest more into. Mm-hmm. I think it's underinvested at the moment. So how amazing would it be to have a former doctor who gets it, who knows what to look for, who knows the challenges of working within the NHS, being able to decide actually, well, these are the technologies that we believe will be game changing because they have the inside scoop, they have the lived experiences. So I think, you know, VC, you can can come from anywhere. I really think I'm a big believer of transferable skills. Mm -hmm. I've changed careers three times. (laughs) (laughs) So I really think people... um, probably don't recognize how much they can move between different worlds I really talk a lot about this um, and always be learning always stay curious that curiosity can open up so many arenas for you Um, and and that's why I think read wide this is what I tell my kids as well and I tell my friends just read as wide as possible because it's really important. This is how we continue to innovate. This is how we continue mm-hmm. to be able to spot the innovators. If we don't read, if we don't learn, we won't know when they're sitting right in front of us. Yeah, oh, I love that. I also love that your group is a mix of people that I won't lie in my head. I did not in- initially anticipate. Um, I, you know, I've been saving for a while. I recently paid for, well, I say I, we recently paid for the wedding, (laughs) um, which was amazing because it wasn't something that we were able to do, but we have a little bit of leftover money. And I've, you know, I sort of chatted to a business manager and his advice was like, yeah, we're not going to put it in like stocks and shares right now. Like that's not a good investment decision. And I was like, okay, well, I want to look at like startups then. Like, what can I do? What can I help build? And like, be a part of and I think that my skills it, it's it's really interesting I, I've talked about media training in the past and I've been part of like quite a few moments where people of color in particular um have been in interviews where there was like such ignorant questions um and I guess you know journalists aren't always educated and they they're so busy um that, that I get that sometimes it's a time thing it's not a 
they want to to not understand and be respectful um so I think that's also interesting when I look at like companies that I would love to be a part of and I do really want to to have that space to advocate and I think that like when you said teachers and and doctors and like I think of like potentially the salary brackets that they're in and how accessible actually investing can potentially be um I think that's actually very interesting and this is why you know with angel investing I really think many people assume that you have to come in with a really big ticket Mm. um there that's changed so much there is platforms like Odin an angel list that allow you to put in smaller tickets and come in as a syndicate and that that's what I'm doing with my Africa syndicate which I set up last year um just but I was very intentional about wanting more women on my cap table Mm. as I was um, investing and I I reduced the ticket sizes because I wanted that not to be a barrier okay and I wanted women to participate so so syndicates are a great way to gather a group Mm. of people who want to put in something but maybe not a massive amount and that way you're you're building your portfolio slowly oh that's amazing and then because obviously you've got a smaller ticket how does that affect founders because obviously i think sometimes founders will say well i need this amount and so how does it feel i guess maybe having a lot more (laughs) syndicates to manage from a founder perspective versus like obviously having the access to money as well I think with the beauty of a syndicate is that you, you can get, you know, 100 people-ish together, but it's one line on the cap table for the founder. Okay. So they're not having to manage a ton of relationships. It's it's really the syndicate lead that they're dealing with. Oh, amazing. So it really streamlines the whole process. So I think I think that that's the, the beauty of, um, of doing it that way versus individually having each person <laughs> sort of trying to put in a thousand here or two thousand there just put it all in a syndicate and it's it's more straightforward okay well, that's amazing okay well we've got options yes <laughs> <laughs> any prospective listeners can be like oh, i can go invest now yes and if you actually are looking to understand a bit more about angel investing i highly recommend angel investing school that's a it's a great okay. great place to start for um, a lot of new angels oh, i love that okay brilliant um I know that um oh no we have lots of time I thought we were gonna run out I was like there's so much content already um but I guess I wanted to talk to you um just like from your journey from where you started and this um you do not have to answer but the the most difficult thing that you felt that you've had to overcome and that can be internally Mm. externally whatever you faced and I think that because sometimes I think it's potentially more internally um but I'm aware that like I've spoken to a few people and some of the external things that they faced you know the people that they've had to deal with so they've had to go in a different direction they've had to be savvy and Mm. hustle in in a different way um so I'm just very curious you know um I remember when you know we first met and I think we talked about and I was like oh it seemed like you had such like a linear like trajectory and I also know that life doesn't work like that it doesn't it doesn't I think probably the trickiest would have been the transition out of mums in tech okay which I haven't spoken about a lot um but that was really hard because that was a bit of an identity crisis I think I hadn't appreciated how merged my identity had become with mums and tech Mm -hmm. so when it um wasn't working anymore when I wasn't able to get the funding to carry on with it and having to close doors that was really really tough for me because then I suddenly had to think who who am I now Uh, am I am I my field founder am I can I, what do I what do I do next? I've, I've stepped out the, the corporate world for three years mm. and I suddenly wasn't sure where I was going to fit in. So I had this period of limbo where I wasn't sure what I was going to bring to the table. I wasn't sure where I was going to thrive because again, I'd had all this freedom as an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah. and um, it's very hard to give that up. And I, in my back in my head, I thought, Oh my goodness, can I work for someone again? It's, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, it was a big mindset shift um, because I, I, 
I'd managed my time for for so long and I loved it and I loved the freedom of just being able to come up with new ideas and kind of run with it and only have to you know have myself to answer be okay. to. <laughs> exactly so it was really really tough um psychologically thinking about that but also um yeah just navigating what next and I think that's when again again I had to dig really really deep and first of all try and figure out how I could come to terms with the fact mm. that it was a great experience I had achieved quite a lot in that three-year period so much but but at the time all I felt was sadness Mm -hmm. and it was it was really I had to keep reminding myself look some a lot of good came out of this and and actually now it's time to to use this momentum and I have to say like a lot of what I do today would not have happened if not for mums in tech but it wasn't easy to see that at the time Mm. And when it came to finding the next thing, so even before I joined Samos, I did a bit of consulting. And I remember going to that first meeting with um, Ivy, who, and I had Iris, I had Iris at the time. So yeah, so she was, again, a lot of my transitions have happened around babies. No more babies. (laughs) uh, So transitions will have to now happen without babies. (laughs) Um, So Iris would have been, so that would have been around June, again, maybe around three months. Mm -hmm. So I had to take her with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was nursing. She would take a bottle. So we were glued together. (laughs) And and I remember having to take her to um, interviews. Um, and it, it was it was weird, but because I was in this uh, different, f- f- you know, frame of mind. Yeah, it wasn't this super empowered. It was sort of like, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? Um, but having to be vulnerable in spite of all of that and be willing to just put myself out there and just try. Mm. And eventually the role that I ended up getting in the interim was one which essentially was created for me. Wow! Yeah, so I, off the back of what I had done at Mums in Tech, helping another company to sort of create something similar for women sort of looking to return and get into tech. And um, I just remember having to put up my bravest face and and literally sell all the work I've done, you know, just pitch myself, which again, I'd not really had to do before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was humbling. And I think it all, it just showed me that even when you believe you've hit rock bottom, you have to find ways to remember like what you're capable of doing, what you what, what you bring to the table. And I think we all have so much magic inside of us. We need to remember to always write it down so that, you know, in those moments where you feel like, well, actually I've got nothing else to give. You look at it and you say, oh my goodness, I've done this, this and this. Write it down. I really do believe. Um, Tiwa from confident and killing it has um a wins tracker mm-hmm. which i highly recommend to everyone i always tell them okay. write down your wins because i think it's in these moments where you need to go back and look at that list and say oh, i did that i did that and it's like remember you're a badass <laughs> <laughs> because i you know don't wait for anyone to come validate you like just remember your worth always and and i think um that that's that moment sort of is something I always go back to and say, look, I crawled out of that little hole, which I thought I was in. And, and I remembered who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all of us have it in us to, um, to navigate what might feel like an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that is probably, yeah, that was my moment. <laughs> wow. that That's incredible. And yeah, I can imagine how tough that would have been, but like, yeah, it's. I think it's interesting. You're right. There's such a power and vulnerability, um, and like I love that you just persevered on. And like I know that like you say that you didn't have a choice, but I guess like sometimes it's like you're right. Like the power within us, um, and I love that for you. Like, um, I mean, I'm no, I'm probably one of many hundreds that say this, but I'm really proud. Aww. Like, <laughs> um, I think it's um, a fascinating thing, and I think. I feel like you're so self-taught about a lot of stuff as well. Um, I will definitely have a look at that winning tracker. Yes, um, I, I think it's it's gold. It's gold. Just write it. Write down your wins. <laughs> I, I think it could be so really key. small. Like, yeah, I, it could be I, five things, but have it on your wall. Have it on your wall. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I think sometimes um, I definitely had. So I went freelance for a while, and I started getting my own clients, and actually 
Julian, so from the future player, I think I spoke about this in my actual, the other recording the other day. Um, he was such a poignant moment for me in my life of like, I really wanted to talk about diversity. I was at a company that was really unhealthy for me and didn't acknowledge, I would say some shortcomings that as a company that they had and the impact that it had on me as a brown female. And so I was really struggling with that. Julian walked into my life, ironically, there's an ongoing joke that I'm a friend thief Uh. because um, (laughs) he was actually friends with Adam first. And then sometimes like I really believe in fate because he butt dialed Adam and Adam was like, oh, like, why is this person calling me? Like, I better call him back. They had a conversation and it turned out that Julian wanted like some PR and communication support. And that's then when I kind of rolled in. And then, you know, I've never looked back. Me and Julian, like Julian came to the wedding and like love him so much. And um, yeah, it was, I then decided to go freelance after realizing like I could do it. Um, And then a couple of things happened and then I lost, I got a bit wobbly and I was like, no, I've got to go get a full-time job because ultimately I I have bills to pay. Yes. Um, So it was one of those things, but it was like, now I know that I can do it that when people ask me for help and advice I'm like no I can help you I can support yes. you and you know like you I'm I'm like okay I won't charge you because I really recognize the work that you're doing and it's bigger than than just what I'm gonna give yes. you um versus a big corporation that yeah, has a lot of exactly. money exactly <laughs> it's always um, that you know so um but yeah I think like it was really interesting because I went straight into a job and I you know I love the job that I'm in I'm very privileged to be in it and um actually one of the biggest reasons I went to it because um she's what I would consider my mentor and she was like well do you want the job and I was like I thought she was joking at the time I was like well of course I want the job like you know I'm selling myself yeah. right now and she's like no, no no it's yours if you want it and I was like oh my god oh, um so that was yeah so and working with her was like such a big pull to have an advocate when I've n- never had that before um so that was really important to me um as a big transition learning curve um equally if someone was to say you you know you're redundant tomorrow because we're in a very rocky climate um I know that I would be okay yes so we've done this before yeah. yes. <laughs> um that's so, so powerful it's, yeah it's kind of like oh no like, it'll be, It'll be right. fine yeah. yeah it's 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 magic. This is why I think we all need to spend time really thinking about our strengths, mm. owning it, um, and just really leaning in t- into it. I think we don't. Many people don't do it enough, realizing yeah. their power. I literally have um, something in my room, a, a little board that says, "Today I will step into my power." To always remind me of that power within. Mm. Um, that's beautiful. We we all have it within us. Yeah. Oh no, that's that is really beautiful. I love that um but also I guess it's like a really nice reminder for you as well like you're you need reminding so it's okay if like your kids also need reminding yeah like having that like self-reassurance like not being taught but almost that you know yeah. what I mean we, um, we need to always like a bit like meditation like just do a little refresher it's like I'm pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> right I said that to my friend yesterday actually no I said to my therapist I was talking about Adam and I was talking about like how things on paper can look a certain way and um I was really offended and this is very like egotistical I'm really aware of what I'm about to say but he was asked um you know can he invest in a friend's company or whatever and I was like, oh, no, that's fine. But, like, why didn't they ask me? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I've worked with startups. Yes. You know, I worked with loads of different, like, from Go Henry and Izettle. Like, really was there in some of um, their kind of key communication phases and stuff. And I was like, why wouldn't they ask me? Oh, yes. Yeah, it was a, such an ego thing. No, I'm but aware. it's true, though. This is that back to my thing of, like, bringing people onto that journey inviting them to table sometimes you have to make your own table yes <laughs> it's like look we're extending your table we're gonna join all the tables together i'm in yeah and i was like like i'm great and yes. I, was, I said to my therapist i was like you know 
you know, I've done a lot. I'm yeah. great. And he was just like, oh, like, let's come back to that. And then I got like really sheepish about it. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but I think it's, I think it's really interesting where I have these moments of like, no, yeah, I do. I am good to like great today. Like suck it. Yes. <laughs> um, exactly. But you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, from the moments of self-doubt to like the scales, like they chop and change, but that's it's okay. True. It's um, true. This is why we need our little reminders, you yes. know, to bring us back and just collect ourselves always um because yeah we, we all have our wobbles oh yes. we all have our wobbles it's not every day i wake up and i'm like oh i can do this sometimes <laughs> i literally am like, oh, a bit scared but but you know you can't let that stop you you have to still kind of keep pushing forward because oh, yeah. i always say you know it's a disservice like to the world if we do not show up as the best versions of ourselves I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to start a podcast. Um, you know, I was told like, um, I talk a lot, which I've known since like I was a <laughs> child. Um, but um, someone said to me, you know, what you say is of value. And I was like, oh, like, part of me was like, well, how do I commoditize that? Yeah. <laughs> and the other part of me was like, oh, but I can then add value to the world. And part of the podcast was bringing people that, are making a difference um and and showcasing it to the world and like I know that I want to make a difference and I think by amplifying other voices like yes. that's going to be the way forward I agree. um so yes with that in mind we have time for your last question oh. <laughs> um and I know that you touched upon it um a bit earlier but it is your legacy um so Jean Angelides what is your legacy that you would like to leave behind um and the impact on the world yeah it's, it's actually something i think about a lot um and i really see myself as that person who breaks down barriers um you know whether it comes to um capital allocation as i said mm-hmm. i really believe in that collective power we all have in in the world to make a difference with our dollars and and whether it's our small angel checks to you know through a fund putting more money into um, people and solving problems that we believe are meaningful I think this is where I've realized um, I have a unique opportunity having lived and worked across different spheres Mm -hmm. I have this ability to bring all these things together and, and and make an impact and I really want to when I think of what, what legacy I, le- I leave in the world, having really done my best to to ensure that we start to really move the needle and people get people thinking differently. So if I can mm. spend my time educating, enlightening, helping people be the best versions of themselves, um, then I think my work would have been done. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And I think also um, from the, you know, two hours I experienced of your amazing also absolutely hilarious son like so <laughs> he is funny. quite a joker <laughs> um, is I think that they'll continue that for you as well and I think just also like being on your own working journey and then being like yeah my mom's a badass like, <laughs> I think that you know it's an incredible um element and I think I mean I know that you're doing it so oh. I have no concerns there but yes <laughs> um but thank you and thank you for doing this and all your time we i super appreciate it oh thank you for having me